Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> what is up? <laughs> Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. <laughs> Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Monday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. And Wolf, I'm not even going to ask how you're doing. I'm just going to say this to you. Preseason is over. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, what's going on, my brothers and sisters of the Basin? How are you? The Wolf and Luke Show broadcasting from the Auction Community Studios so you don't have to. Man, it is a, yes, it is an energetic day. Let me, let me just say that. I know the cuts don't have to happen, of course, until tomorrow. But man, you know, I mean, when cut down day is here, you can feel it. It is. It's something that it stirs the soul because I've been there and actually waited for that cut to come down. And I know what that's like, and my heart right now is pounding away as I recall and remember what it was like to wait until you heard. You got the word, man. You were either there or you were not. It, and, and because of that right now, as I'm remembering it, the energy, the 53 for the Arizona Cardinals, it looms. Man, I'll, I'll never forget. I was so thankful for this as well. My rookie year, my rookie year, Basinonians, the cutdown came to 53, right? This is in St. Louis in 1985. The cut came, and suddenly there it was. The team appeared to be set. Everyone knew it, and everyone was fired up because the cutdown was here. And... um I remember showering, and I was in the shower with a guy, and I will not mention his name. Just out of respect for him, he played nine years in the league. Okay. And he was a safety, and he he was a pro. He was a pro's pro, and he thought he got year 10, and he was in the shower, and he was, yes, 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 he would get number 10, baby. You can't take it, number 10. I can still see him. And his, we're sitting there and we're all, you know, the shower and, you know, where, where you're shampooing your hair and you're all fired up because you made an NFL team, baby. And all of a sudden, Larry Wilson walks around the corner. Larry Wilson, the general manager at the time for the St. Louis Cardinals. Larry Wilson, also known as the Turk. And he said, hey, Lee, that was his first name. Lee, come see me in my office. This after the guy thought he had made it. I'd rather Year just 10. not make it. And oh man, oh the you, you the the shower went dead quiet. It's it's a tough day, man. It is. It brings back a lot of very very exciting memories of making a team, and it brings back a lot of bad memories. That was your introduction to the NFL. That, that was, was it. That was your rookie year. That was it. It was 1985, and I'll never forget it because what happens is you make that 53-man roster, and then all of a sudden they look at somebody else. Oh, that guy's out there? Let's go grab that guy and pull him into our 53. And that means you've got to cut somebody. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I know they don't, they don't list it like, hey, you're the 53rd guy on the roster. But if I were player number 52 or number 53 that makes this Cardinals roster, I wouldn't feel great about it because they're going to have to bring in at least a corner, maybe two corners, maybe something else. 
But I will say this, Wolf, in that final preseason game, a lot of the guys that, that needed to play well, I thought played pretty well, whether that is Trace McSorley, any of the running backs, Andy Isabella, uh, Greg Dortch. You know, some of the defense, I will get into this obviously throughout the show, cutdowns are tomorrow, but guys will get cut today. Uh, I did the math, 27 times 32, right? Because we're going from 80 to 53 across okay. the league. Now, yes. some, some guys have already been let go, so it's not this exact number, but that is 864 players from last week's cutdown day to tomorrow that are going to be out there. And yeah, 800 of them probably aren't going to be players the Cardinals are interested in. Honestly, probably about 850 of them aren't going to be. But you just need one or maybe two corners and maybe something else to get out there. And they don't have top waiver priority. There's a lot more to this. But part of the reason that I'm excited for the next day and a half is refreshing Twitter and checking to see if some team lets somebody go that the Cardinals could use or if the Cardinals pull off a trade, because I, I don't think they can be done yet. I, don't, I wouldn't want to play the Chiefs tomorrow. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. You have to wonder what is going to happen with the Arizona Cardinals. Dave Pash and I doing the game, of course, on Saturday night. Um, it was like, you're going to cut that guy? Wait a minute, you're, you're, Pash, you're going to cut that guy? And of course, Pash was sitting there saying, Wolf, you're going to have like 81 he dudes. Did say on that. The, he, yeah, said he kept that. saying that over <laughs> and over and over again. And I understand that. Much to the chagrin of people that were listening, supposedly, they said, Dave, you're so condescending to Wolf. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get this live Twitter backup However, that is going on. Before right you now. get too like, uh, high on your high horse, I mentioned the Ravens game when I was, I was driving back from San Diego, and I heard you say, uh, oh yeah, Isaiah Likely. They, some say he's likely to make the team, and I was like, I'm walking the rest of the way. Uh, on Saturday, I definitely heard Julius Chestnut. Some say he's a tough nut to crack. So I have a little sympathy for Dave yes, I know. I was I was joking. He said I should have stopped. Or, Listen, there's a lot of things. I'm so glad I'm done. David, talking to Dave for 48 hours, I'm done. I mean, it's, it's just I'm at the end of my rope right now. Mal, are we bringing Dave Pat? on today are we bringing him on no but i feel like maybe i should <laughs> he will probably politely decline He'll be like i spent enough time with that guy in nashville hey, hey you know what david stop talking all right just stop talking right now this is this is going to be really really interesting to see how this all shakes out the 53 man roster man really pash was like we're going to keep five running backs dave what are you talking about Luke, what are you talking about? I I don't think you can keep five running backs, but I'm just going to keep saying I don't want to cut Keontae Ingram. Sorry, Aaron, go ahead. No, don't be sorry. When I was watching the broadcast, the only person that I heard talking about making the 53-man roster was this guy right here, Ron Wolfley. Every time I turned on the TV, you were like, oh, he's earned his spot on the 53. (laughs) And I believe Dave Pash said, quote, well, it seems like everybody has made the 53 tonight, according to you, Wolf. Yes, of course. I know. I understand that. But again, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to try to manipulate it, right? By way of example, this is this is exactly what I'm talking about here. Max Williams is going to make the team. Ron Wolfley reported. Max Williams is going to make the team. But you know what? Once he makes that 53-man roster, man, I could see them putting Max Williams on IR. Yeah, I mean, that's... Right? Yeah, you do have to remember. So Max Williams, you got to remember DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, suspended. you got to remember, we don't know what's up with Antoine Wesley. He might not count against your 53. There are some guys like that. See, you can you can kind of massage that 53-man roster and make some moves right there. Yeah, you're... 
you're going to take some chances. There's no doubt you're going to have to take some chances as to who you're going to put on that practice squad and who you might be able to put on the IR and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of things you can actually do, but they they all have a little bit of risk involved right there. Who is going to be on that 53? It's going to, are you going to keep three quarterbacks? These are things we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about the entire show. You're going to keep three? Are you only going to keep three tight ends? Really? Max Williams? You're going to keep him? Zach Ertz, of course. Trey McBride? There's your three. I, I Are you going to keep five running backs in a one-back offense? David, you could talk all you want. And he was. He was talking. Oh, my goodness. He was talking over and over and over again. He was talking (laughs) about keeping five running backs. David, stop. Luke, you can't keep five. I, I understand you can't keep five. And and as I've been saying, whichever one they let go, I'm going to be like, eh, I hope they don't regret that. But Keontae Ingram in particular, I'm not saying he's the best of the, the four behind James Conner. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when I watch him play football, I'm like, I don't want to let him go to somebody else. Yeah. I, I think there might be something there. Uh, you mentioned it. We're going to go through a lot of this on the show. We're also going to talk about Corbin Carroll getting the call up. I'm trying to find Man, out the last time the, the Diamondbacks are the top prospect in baseball get called up. Yeah. Nobody knows. I am so jacked up right now. Vetter James, get ready, man. Tomorrow night, we're going to the game. And uh, I don't know what to make of this tweet going into break, but did you see Marcus Golden tweet out, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything? That no. was like a half hour ago. No, I didn't. Oh, no. That's great. Right. Oh, no. Uh, where do we go, Marcus? Come on. Okay. Marcus. Can you stand for something on the field for the Cardinals in week one, please? Start barking. Uh, Bix Picks is back for the 2022 NFL season. Text pick to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620-620 to enter. When we come back, Andy Isabella doesn't look like Andy Isabella right now. Has he earned himself a spot on this Cardinals team? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Marquise Hollywood Brown, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Keeps it deep for Hollywood. He's got it. It's a touchdown. I always wanted to be here. Me and Kyla talked about it. Where it actually happened is pretty crazy. Tell you what, when he stepped on the field the first day, his speed just jumped off the charts. I expect him to be a big part of this offense. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. Uh, You're looking for some clarity in that third preseason game. And, of course, the the, the practices leading up to that game. And we're going to get some clarity tomorrow. One guy, Wolf, that it is undeniable has stood out through all of camp, all the practices, and now the games as well, and he had his biggest game on Saturday. Andy Isabella, five catches, 115 yards, and a nice run after a catch on one of them to set up a Greg Dortch touchdown. Greg Dortch had a good game again as well. But to me, these two guys, while there are a lot of similarities, and just in the sense that I don't think either one was a lock to make the team, and now I think they are. Uh, Dortch, I feel like, just kind of, there's not a whole lot of external expectations on him coming into camp. Isabella, I don't feel like there was either, but I feel like it was almost more like we perp- we absolutely don't expect him to be on this team. Exactly right. And now, 
He's going to be on this team oh or he's going to get traded. He's, he's made the 53, right? He has made the 53-man roster right now. Um, we just don't know which 53-man <laughs> roster. He's going to be playing for made. somebody this year. He is. He's going to be playing. He's either going to play for the Arizona Cardinals and make their 53-man roster, which I believe he's going to do, or there is a chance they're going to package him up and trade him somewhere else, and he's going to play for some other 53-man roster. He Look, you, you kept him around for a couple of years when he wasn't really doing a whole lot, and now he's doing a whole lot. So if you trade him, his value's at an all-time high. I'm not saying you can't trade him, but you can't just... <laughs> there will not be a 53-man roster for the Cardinals that comes out tomorrow that just doesn't have Andy Isabella's name on it, Wolf, because not only did he get better throughout camp, he got better each week of the preseason, too. Oh, the preseason. You could not have had a better preseason than Andy Isabella had. Now, oh, you know what? Wait, I'll take that. Andy, if you just would have caught that one ball that was contested, even though the DB made a beautiful play on that ball. Okay, so slightly okay? better. But a 50 50. That's the only way Andy Isabella's preseason could have been better. I haven't heard this yet. This is Andy Isabella after the game. And again, I will grant you it's preseason. He's got to do it in the regular season. But this is what he said. Uh, he was asked about his performance. Amazing. It was a great performance. And uh, that's what I do when I go out there and play. All right. Well, I don't okay. even. Know. Wow. So I was okay. going to start fighting through these, but we're going to have to stop go. on that one for that's, a second. That's Andy right there. How does that make you feel when you hear him say that? Uh, I I can I can identify with like I'm sure it's been frustrating for him, and so when you finally break through, and to a certain extent, he has broken through. Like I I like the confidence, and I like the sort. It almost sounds like he has a chip on his shoulder. Oh yeah, maybe you think maybe it's time for him to bury that chip into his heart. It sounded like he was upset. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? He's got to, yeah, I'm a little upset about this whole thing, as a matter of fact. I tell you, you what. play some more? Yeah, Maloney has the whole thing. So instead of me playing two seconds at a time, she's going to play the whole thing. Here we go. You can't make a play because that's going to cost you football games come the regular season. All right, five grabs for a buck 15, along of 74 yards on the catch and run. Andy Isabella is our guest from the locker room. And uh, Andy, how'd you feel about that performance? Amazing. It was a great performance, and uh, that's what I do when I go out there and play. Your confidence is higher than ever, isn't it? Absolutely. It has to be. And what's behind that? Uh, just uh, just I know. I mean, I put in the work all off season, and I get my strength with great faith in uh, God's plan for me, and I got a lot of kids that watch me that I've trained with over this off season looking for me for motivation. So when I step on that field, I know I'm doing this for I have a bigger purpose. I really have a purpose for these kids to inspire these kids that are watching me and um, giving my brothers and sisters to be inspiration for them. Cliff Kingsbury just expressed the amount of respect he has for you and Greg Dorch. That the fact you guys showed up every practice, every rep, according to your head coach. What do you hope you just showed your head coach over the last month? So that we willing to stay in the fight when it gets tough. Um, when it gets practice, it gets tough, and the days get tough. Me and Greg, we still there, and um, I think that's going to go a long way. Just in football, life, and whatever. When going gets tough, sure we don't back down. We don't get back up and keep going. Andy Isabella is our guest. Had a heck of a performance tonight. I tell you what, your press conference uh, not too long ago still resonates, post-game press conference, where you said, and I quote, they can do whatever they want. They ain't going to break me. What do you mean by that? I mean, I think I was overlooked. I think they turned their back on me. Um, but I overcame again, and I think that's maybe why I operate best. I've been overlooked my whole life, uh, coming out of UMass and Mayfield, everything. Um, and that motivates me. And um, But I know my purpose is 
is my, my purpose that God gives me is to inspire these kids that look up to me and my family. And um, so when I go out there, I really remember that. And that motivates me to go hard every play, even when I'm tired, even when I don't want to show up. I know I have a greater purpose. Is there anything that you've taken um, from Sean Jefferson? His obviously coaching style is vastly different than other people that you've been around or it's quite different than anybody in the NFL and knowing Sean Jefferson as well as I do having been around him it seems like he gets the most out of you guys allows you to go play to your capability what's the biggest thing you've learned from Sean Jefferson his intensity I mean he he has passion for the game his purpose he won't be defeated no matter what he's going to show up every day and he's going he's going to give it his best every day and he's got a greater purpose and he knows his purpose so clearly and that why he shows up every day and pushes us to be our best and he gives us purpose and when we go on the field, we, shoot, I'm playing my hardest for him. The way he shows up, I got to show up for him. I respect him. I'll play for him any day. I'll die for him. Well, I'll tell you what, no one has shown up in the preseason like you, Andy. And, and I know you said recently that you might think, quote, it's too late here, but you know you can play in the league. What do you think? Drew and I look at each other. We're like, there's no way this final 53 doesn't include number 17. What's your feeling right now? Shoot, I want to play. So whoever's going to play me, um, I hope that's where I go. And this here, they're going to give me reps then uh, I'm happy to be here and happy to make plays, happy to impact, uh, make an impact for this team. Um, so I hope uh, that's the case. I love Arizona, and we're going to see what happens. Well, we know. I hope you know we're pulling for you, and I tell you what, uh, it was a pleasure calling your preseason. Congratulations all the way around. Thank you. I appreciate it. There you go. Andy Isabella, resolute. Wow. Resolute indeed, Paulie. Man, I like that. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He needs to bury it in his heart. Yeah. That's what he needs to do I, right there, Andy. Yep. If you're listening, take that chip off your shoulder and bury it in your heart. The other thing I would say is you do have to do it in the regular season. Like I, I like I said, the way he's talking, that to me is what sports is about. He's he got feels confidence. Like, he feels like, yeah, he's got confidence. He feels like he's been doubted. I don't totally agree with the overlook. The Cardinals took him in the second round, but maybe he means around the league. Whatever. But I like that mentality. Again, that really to me is the essence of sports. When people, when you feel like you're being doubted, you can just go out there and prove it. And generally speaking, in sports, as opposed to real life, you don't always get that opportunity. But in sports, you get the chance to go out there and prove it. He's doing it. And I just hope he carries it over into the regular season because if he feels like he's been criticized, and he goes out there and talks about this is what I do and I'm amazing. Yeah. He had one catch last year. So you yes. do need to do it in the regular season exactly. too. But he does look like a different guy. He, he really looks does. looks like a completely different guy. And just listening to him right there, it's because of the confidence level. The confidence is off the charts right there. Okay, yeah, you might be edgy right now. You might have that chip on your shoulder that you need to bury in your heart. You might be mad. You might feel slighted. You might feel like they turned their back on you and disrespected you. Hey, you know what, Andy? Bury that in your heart, man. Don't don't act like you should have been playing the whole time. Bury the chip in your heart. You pulled yourself out of a hole. I would say to Andy Isabella, congratulations. But never forget, you dug that hole. Never forget that. Nobody was trying to keep you down, Andy. Nobody was trying to keep you down. Nobody in the organization wanted to see you fail. You got to remember that. Never forget the way you feel right now, Andy Isabella. Never forget how you feel right now, baby. Never forget how it felt to be in your mind disrespected. 
bury the chip in your heart, man, and you'll always remember. And that will suddenly turn into a 14-year career. Yeah, I, w- I would say, if anything, the Cardinals stood by him when some other teams wouldn't have. You know, first year, nine catches. Second year, 21 catches. Third year, one catch. Now, and they took him in the second round when a lot of teams wouldn't have, and I still think they took him too high. But, again, the whole point is maybe they saw something, and maybe whatever has happened over the last three years brought it out in him because, Wolf, he has not looked like this. He didn't look like this in college. He didn't look like this certainly in any of the previous preseasons. He looks like somebody, and you heard him. You heard him there at the end say, too, I want to go where I'm going to get reps. It doesn't sound like a guy that just wants to be, hey, I'm the 53rd guy on this roster. He wants to play. And we'll get into this later on in the show, but the Cardinals may very well, whether it's Isabella or Dorch, may very well have to play one of these guys. And I don't just mean like play like suit up. Like they may be throwing them the ball in week one against the Chiefs because as loaded as that receiver room is, might be a little thin in week one. So certainly an impressive performance from Andy Isabella. I don't even know if he needed that big of one on Saturday, but he definitely delivered it on Saturday. So much more on this as the show unfolds. All right. Now, when we come back, this is where it gets interesting. Zayvon Collins, is he regular season ready? Because there's no more preseason games. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Zayvon Collins. You're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I've seen a lot of maturity, taking ownership of things, demanding things from others, not suggesting things, I would say. Great open field tackle by Zayvon Collins. He read it, he trusted, and he made the play. When he fires and he's not thinking, you can see that athletic ability and that size really on display, and then he just has to keep doing that. Let's go! Let's go! Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. All right, fair to say it's been kind of a mixed return on Zayvon Collins so far this preseason. He hasn't been bad. I thought going into the game on uh, on Saturday, there was still more we could see. I thought Saturday was probably his best of his three preseason games, Wolf. But uh, I, I think in all fairness, there's certainly some uncertainty there as you head into the season. I, I feel a little bit better about like his long-term prognosis as a as a player on this yeah. team but if you're telling me the next time we see him on the field he's lining up against pat mahomes <laughs> all right well we're gonna you're, you're gonna find out what you're made of hey everybody what do you say we all hold on to our butts because this one's gonna be listen i i i, I am a zavin collins fan and i am rooting for him big he played better um in this third preseason game overall he did he started slowly granted i will give you that then he made some plays, and he got aggressive, and then they took him out. Yeah, and, and, I, I, <laughs> and you know, I was oh no! I, I understood why they took him out. Like, okay, let's have him feeling good going into the first game. I get it, but I'm pretty sure what you're going to say, Wolf, is why not just keep playing him because he needs the reps. I know that's what we said on Friday. I wouldn't have hated if he stayed out there a little bit longer. Yeah, no, you're you're right on this thing. You really are. I, I they did it. He started making some plays. He made that tackle. He shot the gap. He used his shoulder. He ran through a block. Yes, but at that point in time, he was trying to blow the entire play up, and he made a great tackle on it as well. Just a small indicator on that running play that he shot yeah. the gap and blew the whole thing up. It was, it was a nice play. Was Just really a nice play. small little taste of what this kid is going to be capable of, and yet he's got to continue to get better. Um, 
man, you know what? He he was getting aggressive and they took him out. I I I know why they did. You're right on this, Luke. You are. They took him out because I think they wanted his confidence level high going in, and they're going to start him. They are going to start him. Week one. Now listen. He may only get five reps playing Mike linebacker, but I, to me, I'm going to start him. I'm going to stick him in there as the Mike linebacker on first and 10, the very first play of the Kansas City Chiefs offensively. Yeah, I think you have to. Because if you don't, you are sending quite the message to him of, yeah, Zayvon, you're getting better. We're seeing it. Yeah, we invested that first round pick in you. You're not playing. We're not, we're, well, maybe we'll throw you out there in certain situations. I think you have to start him, but I don't think you are bound to him all game if he's not ready. Yeah, no, exactly right. I wish in this third preseason game they would have left him in there and um, played him more. I would have played him more. He, he, he needs reps. He needs experience. Yeah, I mean, you're going to play the Chiefs in two weeks. How many reps is he going to get against that juggernaut? We're, we're going to have to wait and see. But like I said, I'm going to run him out there on first and 10, the very first play of the game for the Kansas City Chiefs offensively. And I'm going to see how it goes from that point forward. Because he still, I think, is very raw. He needs the experience, and it's, it was almost like Malik Willis. You know, he played yeah. the whole he just game. just kept playing and playing and just playing. Just kept yeah. playing and playing and playing. Because he needs the reps. And he needs the reps. I, I almost felt that way about Zavin. I'm, I'm a little worried about the Cardinals, just in this sense, Wolf. It, it's, almost like, it's almost like you're watching a race, right? And the one car pulls into the pit stop earlier than everybody else. And so you're giving up the lead. You're falling behind everybody. But in theory, you know, you're, you're gassed up. You got faster tires. You're good to go for the rest of the race. So it, it's going to pay off long term. It's sort of where I feel like the Cardinals are right now. Other teams, pretty much every other team, used the preseason. I think the Cardinals used camp, and they used the preseason for Zayvon Collins and a couple guys. But it's not just Kyler Murray didn't play. Colt McCoy didn't even play. So many guys didn't play at all that I feel like right now on August 29th, they're a little bit behind the other teams who played guys, obviously. It's just, that's logic. That played guys and didn't have injuries. Now, the payoff for the Cardinals should be they're fresh for a 17 game season. Their starters are fresh for a 17 game season in, you know, a week and a half, two weeks. But right at this exact moment, that's, it's a little bit different. I mean, they basically said the preseason's useless in a lot of ways. That's, that's essentially what they said. Or it's yeah. silly. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, I don't think they're alone. I think you're right on that. Um, I can't even base it on means, Can I tell you right now? I can't even picture it. The old guy. Here it is. I get it. I came into the league in 1985. Yes. The last year in the league for me, it was um, up and down. But at the same time, 1995, out of the league, they were still treating preseason where you're going to hammer everybody. And you're going to find out who's tough and who isn't tough on this. Yeah team that's what it was all about the thought of actually going into week one in the national football league the regular season and not having any live reps <laughs> it's it's insane isn't it? it blows my mind the thought of that actually happening 
I'd be like, Coach, I need to get out there right now. You know, and I need to get out there for a lot of reasons, as a matter of fact. <laughs> like, I, I need to make this team. Give me my mouth guard. Put me in, Coach. Okay. I, but even if I was established, even if I ever was established, I'd be like, I, I, I need to get in there. Yeah, Brady Coach, played. I, Tom Brady honestly, played over the I weekend. Need to, let me hammer somebody. Let me hammer <laughs> I don't myself. Think said that. <laughs> let, me, let me hammer myself. Let me drive myself into the ground. Okay. Please let me get out there and do something. I, I'm not asking for 50 reps in the game. I'm not asking for, but five? Can I have five? Something. Oh my goodness. You're going to go the vast majority of the starters for the Arizona Cardinals going into week one. It's going to be the first live reps they've taken well, that, in the that's, game. And that's it. Because every time I bring this up to somebody, they're like, dude, Kyler barely even played last year in the it's preseason. It's true. It's yes, true. Kyler barely played. Barely is different than not at all. But set Kyler aside, Wolf, Isaiah Simmons didn't even play in the preseason this year. And Isaiah Simmons, you know you know, I'm all in on Isaiah Simmons. I yeah, have right. been. But look, he wasn't like going to the Pro Bowl last year. There were some inconsistencies last year. They didn't want anyone looking at him. <laughs> that is, don't, don't, don't even look at him. <laughs> That's what it is. Are, Keep are your you eyes looking, on the field. Are you looking at me? Are you looking at me? <laughs> All right, but no, Colt McCoy. Don't be looking at me. I think people can look at Colt McCoy if they want, right? Are they yeah. really going to be upset? Hey, the Chiefs looked at Colt McCoy. Right. It's okay. Colt McCoy, like if Colt McCoy has to come in at a game at some point this season, last year they were 2-1 and one when he came in. Colt McCoy didn't even get a rep in the preseason. I, I, I know, but, uh, you know, the Colt McCoy, uh, he had the tendonitis in his arm, and well, maybe that concerning. was the issue. Well, he's got two weeks, yeah. to, you know, and he's way better. We're told he's way better than what he was, so I can understand. It's not like Colt is going to learn anything by pro- playing in preseason. True. He's not. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, to me, once again, this is fascinating. Why? why um, they don't want anyone to know where they're going to line him up on a play-by-play basis. They don't want anyone to know where they're going to line him up. Yeah, and I get that, but the thing is, by week three, teams are going to know where he's lining up. You know what I mean? So you're, you're really just trying to hide it from the Chiefs and maybe the Raiders, maybe the maybe the Rams. I mean, that's fine. Those are your probably three toughest games, and they're all right out of the gate. I said that correctly, too, right? You didn't say base-by-base base basis. basis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're sending you and your wolf pack to the Cardinals. Take on the Raiders in Vegas, courtesy of Circa Resort and Casino Las Vegas Sports Viewing Mecca. Nice. Just text Vegas to 620-620. Listen for your name next Tuesday for your chance to win. Plus, qualifiers are going to win tickets to the Cardinals' home opener. That's not bad. That's Vegas to 620-620. When we come back, what can we expect with Corbin Carroll getting called up for tonight's D-backs game? We're going to ask MLB.com D-backs reporter Steve Gilbert. He'll join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, it's an exciting day if you are a baseball fan in the Valley, specifically if you are actually a D-backs fan, because Wolf, Corbin Carroll, possibly because you keep asking Mike Hazen and Mike Fitzgerald and Amiel Sade <laughs> when they're on the show when they're going to call him up. He's up. He is playing tonight. He's making his MLB debut, and we are joined right now in the Arizona Sports Line by D-backs reporter for MLB.com, Steve Gilbert. Steve, thanks for the time this morning. How's it going? Going good, guys. Had a flight back from Chicago last night. Uh, back in the heat here. <laughs> Gil, really exciting. appreciate. Yeah, really appreciate your time this morning, buddy. I have to start right here. I know Corbin Carroll is, is here. I know everyone's excited about it. 
But I have to start big picture, first of all. This this team, I, to me, they're one of the most exciting Diamondback teams that I've seen over the last four or five years. How do you feel about this team? Yeah, you know, Wolf, I think since they started to bring up some of these young kids and, and the way the, the style of baseball they're playing, that it's really aggressive on the bases. They've got guys that are athletic, can run. Um, they're chasing down balls in the outfield and making amazing catches, it seems like, on a nightly basis. Um, they've been a lot of fun to watch play here, I think, in the second half of the season. And uh, I think you can kind of start to see why the organization was excited about some of these young players and, and what they can bring. So I think there's a, a certain amount of energy. They certainly had far more energy than the, uh, than the White Sox did this past weekend. You could, you could just see the way they were taking extra bases and um, just the aggressiveness that they had and the, and the energy that they play with. Yeah, they end up sweeping the White Sox this weekend now, 59 and 67 on the year. Uh, with, with Carroll, Steve, I mean, he had a game last week with a 463 foot home run where he also reached base six times in that game. <laughs> now it depends where you look, you know, the prospect rankings are, are kind of varied from, from place to place, but we're talking about either the top or, you know, a top three prospect in baseball. Can you remember the last time the D-backs had a guy rated this high get called up? Uh, you know, I think you'd probably have to go back to maybe when Justin Upton made his debut, I think, in 07, um, for, for a position player that was this highly uh, acclaimed and, and uh, for a debut that was that was this much anticipated. Uh, he's he's such a, a great kid, too. I spent a couple of days with him uh, two weeks ago for a story that's coming out tomorrow. I went to uh, Albuquerque when Reno was there. And um, you talk to people that are around him, um, they, they his teammates, they love him. Um, he's shown great maturity beyond his years, ability to make adjustments, um, all the things that, that you think would portend well when you get to the big leagues. And, you know, everybody that gets to the big leagues, at some point they struggle, and it's the, it's the players that are able then to make adjustments and, and be self-aware enough to make those adjustments. And, and he's the kind of guy, it, it seems like, that can do that. What do you think Corbin's best attribute is? Well, say that again, Wolf. I'm sorry, I what, lost you there. What do you think Corbin Carroll's best attribute is? Uh, best asset. I mean, he he can run like the wind um, and track down balls in the outfield. He he seems to have. If you talk to scouts, what scouts will tell you is that he seems to have a knack for putting the barrel on the ball. So if you if you're going to pick something, that that's one thing physically. I would say is he's able to. Seems like he's always able to square up the baseball, whether that's hitting it over the fence or, or hitting into the gaps and, and using his speed for extra bases. Um, that's probably one of his, his best attributes. I think, you know, if you're, you're looking uh, for something non-physical, I think his ability to kind of process information and, and filter out what works for him, um, and, you know, the numerous suggestions that guys get as they come up through a system, he's able to filter out, okay, this will work for me, this won't work for me. Um, that's something that, that, you know, reminds me a little bit of, of the way Paul Goldschmidt was uh, in terms of his ability to listen to people and then be able to pick out what he thinks would help him as opposed to what won't. We're talking to Steve Gilbert of MLB.com. Steve, uh, you know, when they when they drafted Drew Jones, the, we all kind of looked and we're like, okay, they're going to have an outfield of Alec Thomas, Drew Jones, and Corbin Carroll someday. <laughs> and then you realize Dalton Varsho is pretty good, and actually Jake McCarthy is hitting everything now and stealing a base every other game. What is the plan, big picture for this outfield, do you think? 
That's a great question, and I have a feeling that's going to be one that uh, that Tori Lavello is going to have to answer uh, today <laughs> during his during his pregame press conference. Because yes, that and this is a you know if you if you want to call this a quote unquote problem, this is a problem that every team in baseball would like to have too many good players for for a particular position. Um, I, again, I think right now they're in the stage where they just want to continue to build that depth, something that they haven't had in, in recent years. Um, now you're going to have, at the moment, four t- quality outfielders, four you know guys who are top prospects coming up uh, in the outfield. So you've got some depth there. People are going to have to earn playing time. That's something that that uh, Mike Hazen and Tori Lavello have talked about for the last few years. Is they wanted to get to the point where playing time has to absolutely be earned um, from the standpoint of they have enough depth and, and good players uh, to foster that competition. Tell me what you think of Alec Thomas and his development, how he's developing right now, and where do you project him? He's, you know, the organization believes he's probably the best true center fielder of that bunch, and we've seen him make some some outstanding highlight real plays. Um, I, you know, I think the league has made some adjustments to him, and, and that's why you see him kind of struggling a little bit at the plate right now. And, and now the pressure kind of shifts to him in terms of, you know, now he has to make that adjustment uh, to how they're pitching him and maybe uh, adjust his mechanics or adjust his approach a little differently at the plate. Um, and so that, I think, is what he's in the process of doing right now. But long term, they, you know, they see him as their, as their center fielder. Talking to Steve Gilbert, Steve, uh, Zach Gallen will start tomorrow, it looks like, against Aaron Nola. Gallen's up to 27 and a third straight scoreless innings, and we were talking about this last week. Everybody just kind of assumed he would become this guy, but he didn't have a whole lot. He had, like, what, the 10 wins, I think, career coming into this season. What have you seen from him in terms of taking the next step? You know, he's a guy that is always looking to get better. Uh, nothing is ever good enough for him uh, you know if you were to sit down with him today and, and talk about it you know how well he's pitched lately he'll find you know three four however many things that he still wants to get better at so he's constantly pushing himself uh to to, to make certain adjustments or to get this pitch a little bit more consistent or maybe add something to his repertoire um so i mean he's a guy that that is is constantly moving forward doesn't surprise me that he's getting better and better uh, he's obviously on a really great run right now, but uh, again, that competitiveness uh, gives him a, a real advantage. So, Gil, you've got the Diamondbacks right now. They are six, three, and two in their last eleven series since the All Star break. They got a fifty nine and sixty seven record overall. They got all these young guys. Oh my goodness, that are coming up. These farmers that are producing right now. Um, Tori Lovello, what is the status of Tori Lovello going forward? Well, he's got uh, he's got a contract option, a team option for next year um, that they haven't uh, made any announcements on. It, it would seem to me, given the fact that uh, you know he he seems to have done a really nice job with this team this year in terms of you know getting some of these young guys acclimated to the big leagues, working them in the lineup. Um, you know, he's, he's made some adjustments that, that the front office had talked about and the Tory had talked about that he needed to do heading into the season. Um, it would surprise me if, if they don't announce at some time here in the next few weeks that, that they're picking up his option or even giving him an extension. Um, just because I, I think the way they've played, um, continuing to get better, uh, the fact that he works really well with young players, he works really well with his front office, it seems like, um, 
I mean, that, those signs to me, I, again, no, I don't have any inside information on this, on that particular subject, but it just seems to me like um, it would make sense for them to, to work out some kind of extension with it. Steve, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate the time. Thank you. Guys, it's always my pleasure. Take care. Thank right, you, Gil. That's uh, Steve Gilbert joining us there on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, you know, to your point, Wolf, if if you were going to give Tory this year and be like, let's see what he can do with this this group, and as as we start to you know incorporate younger players, what he can do. I mean, they're fifty nine and sixty seven. They're not winning the World Series, right? But what what more could you have possibly been looking for from this season? I mean, this is they are way ahead of pace of where a lot of people expected them to be. Yes, right now, let's face it. Um, the future of the Arizona Diamondbacks it's filled with these young guys. That's their future. Period. These young guys and how they're developing. Doesn't it come down this year for Tori Lovello to how those young guys are developing? And I'm okay if they wait until the end of September. I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, Take that's Take a full fine. season. I got no problem with that. But that's what I think it's going to come down to, period. But if he doesn't get that next year picked up, I, I don't know what it what it says. Because the guys that you would look at and say, okay, they've struggled this season, they're in the bullpen or they're vets. I mean, the, the young guys are hitting. <laughs> Jake McCarthy, I'm going to pull up the stats. Oh, McCarthy, who like you kind of just you forget animal. about, he's hitting. <laughs> Uh, a lot. Like, he's not hitting like, oh, he's hitting 250. No, he's hitting like 400 over the last yeah. month. Uh, By the right. way, Stone Garrett, how, how has he looked so far? I know. I mean, what are they going <laughs> to... I mean, Siri, I know he's got 18 at-bats still. Yeah, but at a certain point, they're going to have too many hitters if this keeps up, which is great. We come back to Cardinals. Get any clarity on the running back room following preseason game number three. That is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.